and welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant Podcast. Today we have a treat. It is all five of us on the podcast for the first time ever. We've had two of us, three of us, and four of us, but now the whole entire team, we have Rochelle, Sean, Garrick, Michael, and myself talking about connecting with the Lord, specifically how do you connect with the Lord through quiet times, through Bible reading, through nature, through prayer. So we talk a lot about that. Michael talks a lot about spiritual formation and his education at ISF over at Talbot. And it's just a really good conversation about spiritual disciplines, ways that we can allow the Lord to be in every part of our life, things that get in the way and strategies that we have used over the years in order to have good success in these quiet times. So if you've ever wanted to go deeper with the Lord, this is the podcast for you. So make sure you listen and take some notes and talk to Michael or Garrick or myself, Rochelle, Sean, anybody after this podcast. Tell us what really resonated with you and and tell me if this helped you with your spiritual walk. I'd love to hear how Michael or Garrick's words blessed you and helped you Go deeper in the Lord in your quiet times, whether it was in the morning or in the evening, as you'll hear. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next week and every single week after that. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant podcast. This is a monumental occasion. This is the first time we've all five been on a podcast together. Wow. That's not true. Yes, yeah. it is. It's true. It's 100% true. How's that true? What about the question and answer one? No, we did the Q&A. No, I think like Michael wasn't there Michael for wasn't that. Michael wasn't there for the Q&A. Oh, oh. Michael, welcome you know. to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Guys, this is really, really exciting. I was so excited to get all of the microphones out today, all of the microphone stands, all of the cables. There are five of us here today. How do we feel about having the full house on the pod? Will it be too chaotic? Will we be able to manage? What do we think? It might be a little chaotic. That was a pretty dignified answer, though. Like, no one tried to talk over you. No one tried to get in. Like that. If that's a precursor for what we're doing, I think we're in for a treat. Well, we're talking about quiet times today. So it's appropriate <laughs> that, like, there's a little more quiet and thoughtful a little more space. as we engage with the topic. Yeah. So um, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast. Last week's episode with uh, Sean and Andrew has been really cool to hear all the response from people. Sean, if people reach out to you and... Yeah. Talk to you about it. It was crazy. Yeah, we've gotten so much feedback. Yeah, it's e- rad. Yeah, so thanks to everybody who listened and engaged with it and encouraged. The, it made it really fun. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do some sort of follow-up uh, with that in the future. But today we have something else that we want to talk about, which was actually brought to my attention by the Van Wagners. Shout out Van Wagners. They came up to me between the four and the six a couple weeks ago, and they said, we love the podcast, but we have a question. And I was like, okay, shoot, what what do you guys want to know? And they said, we want to hear how you guys all connect with God. And I said, oh, that'd be a really good conversation to have with the team. And so (laughs) the premise today is simple. This episode is just kind of about how you connect with God. Um, And so let's just go around and answer that question. And then I'm sure a conversation will come out of that. So I'll start with you, Garrick. Garrick, how do you connect with God? Uh, I connect best with the Lord in two ways. One, being out in nature. Um, and so I make it a natural part of my rhythm on days off to get over by uh, the trails around Trump Golf Course. I go take my pup off leash and uh, walk around. Unfortunately, a lot of the trail has been closed, and I'm not quite sure why and what's going on. I hope that it opens up soon. Um, but that's a that's a big part of of kind of my journey. And the second thing I would say is uh, I just again I, I need to get in motion. So uh, how do I connect with God? Uh, I do a lot of walking around my neighborhood. 
um, and listening to scripture being read and then also just leaving time for prayer, which I'll talk about later. But being in motion um, as a part of it really helps me. When you say you listen to scripture read, what, what do you have like a podcast or is it like you're just on the Bible app with the audio? Yep. Bible app with the audio. Awesome. Yep. Would you recommend people do that? Uh, if you like to listen to scripture, yes. And the really cool thing is a lot of those names that none of us really know how to pronounce, you learn things like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Can you think of one name you didn't know how to pronounce and now oh, you do? Oh, I can think of a bazillion names. Give me one. Um, the latest one was, uh, I always called him Matthias, the disciple that they grabbed, <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of Matthias. So he said Matthias, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Interesting. In the beginning of Acts. Yeah. Yeah. How, how appropriate. Yeah. We actually had that debate in kids' church this weekend of what was his actual name. Like or how, was it last weekend? It might have been last weekend. Whenever yeah, we did it that. It might have been the first. Yeah. But it was how funny because we all looked at each other and went, uh, and I was like, am I right? And everyone was <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a commonly unknown mm-hmm. how to pronounce it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Garrick, for sharing. Michael, what about you? How do you connect with God? Mm. Um, I feel a little bit bipolar in the way that I connect with God uh, because I, I think for me it's both in contemplative prayer and quiet, um, you know, taking that intentional time to be with God and to sit in intentional discipline can be, can be really helpful for me, um, especially when my mind feels like it's spinning. And then I also find God in lots of relationship. <laughs> like mm. when I'm just with people all the time and inviting them into my life, inviting them into my heart um, and what's going on in me. So it's, I know that's a little bipolar, like being alone and being with people. <laughs> but I, I feel like, you know, in various moments of my life and very various moments of my walk with God, I need one or the other. Mm. Um, you know, one is, one is more helpful than the other in various moments. But um yeah, I, I often find that the being with people part is is the part that I, I long for and want. And the discipline sitting by myself in contemplative prayer part is the, the part that I have to fight for and strive yeah. for. Um, but it's it's also the part that um, it's one of the ways that God speaks clearly to me. Now, so. when you say you have to fight against it, is it like the environment is making it so you cannot do that? Because you have some children under six <laughs> in your home and then... Or is it also like the struggle just with your flesh, like to just discipline yourself to do it? I think it's honestly both of those things at, at you know, that's what makes it so hard is that it's both. It's, it's like a compounding, you know, life, the stresses of life, the, and I think, I think for me to be really honest, um, and this is why we call them spiritual disciplines because it, it's hard. <laughs> disciplines are always hard. They, they take, they take effort. Um, and, and I, I feel like uh, for me, I, my heart, probably much like many others, wants to go to uh, places of numbing before going to places of honesty and openness with God. Um, so for me, it's, it's more like I would rather when I've had a really long day and my kids have, you know, been really crazy and bedtime's been like, 10 times of going back in the room and putting them down to sleep. Um, it's, it's kind of like, I'm so exhausted. I just want to watch Netflix. I'm so exhausted. I just want to sit here and be on my phone or just lay here and do nothing. 
I just kind of want to numb and lay here and do nothing. And, and so for some people, I think that could be a helpful thing. But I, I think in general, that usually is like, it's like the subway that we really, it's the sub thing that we think we need to do because it feels more, it's the easiest thing to do. But really where, where deep, where depth is found is, is to go a little deeper with God mm-hmm. and to be honest with him about what you're feeling and what's really going on in prayer. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's both the fight of the busy and the fight against my, it, it's the fight to train myself um, to not go to what's easy, what's going to be most easy, but instead to go to what might reap the most benefit, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a discipline, literally. Yeah. That's great. Thanks for sharing that, Michael. What about you, Sean? How do you connect with God? I just want to hear Michael keep talking. I know, about this. I know. so good because <laughs> my, my answer is really boring. You know, I, <laughs> I connect with God by reading my Bible, um, and uh, I do that a lot. Uh, I'm not great at the other disciplines that Michael talks about. Not that there's not value in them. I just have always struggled with them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you could probably have Melinda on here as the more interesting Hurley about um, <laughs> how she interacts with God because she has a very uh, robust and interesting prayer and kind of quiet time life. Um, where for me, it is just being in the text and and talking about the text. You know, what you heard from Andrew and I in the podcast uh, last week is just what our friendship is like. We do that all the time. Um, and so reading the text, talking about it is, is how I'm really nurtured and kind of growing it. Nice. Um, surfing. Yeah. Do you like pray while you're surfing? You a little bit, a little bit. That's more like uh-huh. mental health. You know, I, okay. I think that's more mental health and emotional health. Like certainly there's times of prayer out there, but I wouldn't say that that's like, that's more like, this is good for Sean. Not like this is nurturing my spiritual mm. walk with him. Interesting. You can say something, Garrick. Yeah, you look like you're about to say something. <laughs> oh, man, he picked up the microphone, put it He's to his ready. chin, and then just stared at Nothing. us. Sean, what if both of those things are the same thing? Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, yeah, that's literally what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and, they, and they are. <laughs> and they are. But primarily the way I connect with God is directly is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Rochelle? Um, I'm very similar to Garrick. I think for me, um, being in nature has always been pretty vital. Um, I don't, what is it the saying? Like go and touch the grass, like to recenter. They t- people, it's so like an insult. People say, Hey, can you go touch grass for a second? Like to get people, if they're saying something crazy, that's kind of how <laughs> I feel. Like if I have been stuck inside or just the monotony of day to day life too long, it's almost like I just feel like you need to go touch some grass, go lay in nature with the earth uh, and just being what God created. And I don't know, I feel very connected um, to the Lord through that process. Um, so it doesn't matter if it's when I was a kid, I would go lay in the snow <laughs> for hours until I felt like I was about to actually die <laughs> from like hypothermia. <laughs> but I just loved it. Um, anyways, so, yeah, that's something I still like to go to the beach or go cliffs or walking or um, uh, do all of those kinds of things. Um, and then I'm pretty big on worship music, so I'll either have scripture in the background while I'm walking or be listening to worship songs. Um, and then typically when I'm at a coffee shop or something, I also really love coffee shops, but they were all kind of shut down for a while, but... Um, I'll sit and I'll journal. Um, so I'll 
write my prayers down. I think for me that's helped to really not not get my stuff that's going on in my brain scattered and get it into a concise, clear, thought-out um, prayer. And it keeps me kind of on track from getting distracted um, by my phone or whatever else is going on. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I do it. What state has the best nature quiet time spaces that you've lived in? Oh, Washington. I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I just had to ask. I'm so sorry. I knew you were going to say California's that. California's, I mean, it's top tier for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of the best 50 states. One of the best. That's what I've always said. <laughs> West Coast, best coast. That's what I've always said. Yeah, I think I resonate a lot with um, Sean's as like reading scripture and then um, Michael, like relationship. I find that um, being in community is probably one of the best ways for me to uh, grow in my sanctification because I have people who are able to see things in me that I can't see. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're close enough with those people and you trust them enough, they're able to bring that out in you and um, share that. So I like hearing that, and I'm sure as our listeners are listening, they're probably like, that's me, that's me, or like, that is mm-hmm. not me at all. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about, you know, the concept of, like, connecting with God or, like, mm-hmm. quiet times is we all have our own kind of unique flavor and genre. And we, we've all kind of hit on this reality that they're good. Like, they're, they're good. They, they, mm-hmm. they nourish our souls. They connect us to the Lord. They, they help us breathe. In some instances, it's, like, true mental health, like Sean was saying. And, and you know, this is kind of the classic human question that I'd love to open up to everybody, but... Man, we know it's such a good thing, yet we have such a hard time doing it. Michael hit on it. It's a spiritual discipline. Why is it difficult? Why does it take discipline for us to translate our reverence towards Scripture or our excitement about being in nature towards action? Well, why why is that difficult for us? What Why do we think that is? Well, one of the reasons why is, you know, whenever we're, we're reading, I'll take it from me. Whenever reading the scripture, right, whenever we're in the text, we are having an encounter with the word of God and the spirit is present and is reading us. And I think whenever we're reading the text, um, we come away changed from that interaction, right? That that the, the word of God never comes back void. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. You know, it pierces soul, spirit. So it, it gets inside of us. And so I think since reading scripture is so powerful and such a spiritual encounter, we shouldn't be surprised that we're opposed mm. by other spiritual forces. They're simply trying to keep us out of it because even the smallest step into it can be profound in changing us. So I, I do think part of the answer is we are spiritually opposed because it's a spiritual encounter with God when we do. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I think I would add to it just more from a pragmatic standpoint. We, we've said it again and again, but the reality that it does take effort and that, you know, Dallas Willard says that, that grace isn't opposed, right, to effort, right? Um, it's, it's really opposed to earning. So there's no earning in grace, but it doesn't mean that the Christian walk doesn't take a lot of effort. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Um, I would also say that there's a, a real reality that, while it is absolutely critical and mandatory for your spiritual life, we often walk around like it's not mandatory. You know what I mean? Like we desperately need it, but nobody makes it mandatory, right? Like we don't say like, hey, spend some time with God this week to have entrance into church or to have entrance into your community of faith or to do anything. Um, 
And I think there are other things in life where it's like, no, you've got to go study hard to take the exam or be ready for this or that. Um, and although we desperately need it, it's not necessarily, no one is saying this is mandatory. Um, and so I think it's easy to kind of just let it slip and slide um, because there's not that, you know, that, that point that helps you when, when you don't want to do it. There's not necessarily something built into your ecosystem that's saying, too bad, you're, you're, you should really spend some time, you should really pull away anyway. Um, and maybe that's just a little bit more of a, a pragmatic glance of where Sean started. Like there really is a spiritual piece and a spiritual component to it. So, and I think we've experienced that. I, if I can slip in one other thing, yeah. I would say also um, for those that have started well and then kind of petered out, I think we often approach this time and we expect God to do something in the immediate. And so because I haven't felt anything in a while or haven't noticed any change in a while, we start wondering, well, is anything really happening? And we either give up or get bored or it just becomes hard. Um, and so it's easy to kind of let it, let it go. And I, and I just think we just need to remind ourselves as a community of faith um, you know, God's always at work, and sometimes he's playing the quick game, like changing us really rapidly, mm -hmm. and other times he's playing the long game, and maybe Michael would speak into this. There's character formation happening, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the dude pushing against the rock. The rock isn't moving, but the muscles are being forged. Right. Um, and I think oftentimes that's happening as we create space to, to meet with God. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, connecting with God is the antithesis of sin. Sin is the idea of being separate from God. Connecting with God is the idea of being close to him and near to him. It's in the intentional pursuit of being close to him. Now, yes, we have the spirit in us. Yes, he's with us always. But I think the idea of intentionally pursuing God, um, that relational you know, connecting with him, is the antithesis of sin. It's the opposite of that. And so, um, you know, I think about Adam and Eve in the garden, them separating from God in that moment when they ate the apple, decided on their own that what they were going to do was going to be better for them than what God had for them. And then God, um, you know, by their actions, having to separate himself from them out of the garden, they're living in this, this state of separation from God. And even though we have the spirit now, Jesus has given us the spirit to be in us, there's still a sin residue that's left in us while we're here on this earth we all know that we are not complete yet. We're not in complete perfection. And I think that sin residue um, continues to pull us out of that relationship with God. It continues to, to want us to, to, to encourage us to pull away. And so I think the answer in my mind is that, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but sometimes when I, when I, I get into scripture and I get into prayer and I really spend a good deep time with the Lord, I walk away and go, why has it taken me so long to do this? Mm -hmm. Like, this was so good for me. I knew this was good for me. My brain tells me this is good for me. Every time I do it, it's good. But why do I somehow convince myself through the, the you know, between the time of having one quiet time to having another quiet time? What happens in that in-between time that starts to convince me that, ah, oh, you know, getting in the word today might be a little, it's going to be a little too time-consuming. Oh man, going on a walk with Jesus, man, that's going to be boring. Maybe nothing's really going to happen. And I think, um, uh, I think it's Oswald Chambers. Maybe I'm wrong. No, Eugene Peterson. 
um, a long obedience in the same direction. Mm-hmm. I think that that is um, that is the goal in our Christian life that we would recognize that we're not, the fruit, Garrick, that you're talking about may not we may not see it today, we may not see it tomorrow, but when you're when you have this long obedience in the same direction, that eventually you're going to see a brand new Michael, a brand new Garrick, a brand new Rochelle, Sean Hunter mm-hmm. at the end of that long obedience. Um, and so we're committed to the connection always because God is, God is in the journey. He's not just in the destination. Mm-hmm. We, we know that, believe that as Christians. So, One of the things that's been super foundational for me, and I don't know how you do this because both are true in, in the sense of what you're pursuing, right? There's an aspect of duty or like, you know, oh, I should do this. This would be good for me. That's not like it shouldn't be there. But I know that it was a switch for me when I did that whole, um, uh, did my sabbatical in 2018, and the whole thing was wrapped around Mark 1:35, Jesus going away early in the morning and praying, pulling away. I know you've got that. We're probably going to talk about it. But it's recognizing that Jesus wanted to pull away out of desire and not duty or obligation. What, I do, think, you, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is going and wanting to seek a deeper friendship with his heavenly father, me wanting to go out and and pursue a deeper relationship with Christ being the motivation more than like someone has always told me I should do this and I should do this because that's what a good pastor does. I should do this because that's what a good Christian does. While all of that might be true, I think it motivates you in the wrong way. Um, And I think the motivation that stays with you is when you are pursuing and you're hungry for uh, more of God in your life, more relationship, more intimacy, at least for me personally, that's where things really began to take off. The more I was able to shed, well, I'm a pastor, and before I you know, go into work today, I should be doing these things. Well, that's true. But my, when my motivation became, I just want more of God, mm-hmm. and I want to enjoy Him more. What was really fascinating, the, the deeper I stepped in with this desire of, I want to enjoy God more, the more I found him, the more I enjoyed him. And then it was a perpetuating cycle of like, well, then you want to do it more because you're enjoying it versus like, well, it's something I'm just supposed to do. Wow. You guys are taking this and running with it. I love it. Um, Specifically, Michael, I want to ask you a question because you have a background in like spiritual formation. So tell people a little bit about like your education in grad school, like what degree you have and and, because it really ties in well with what we're talking about. I have a degree in crying. And oh. um, no. That's a great, many, I'm um, digging into the, the grave. Yeah. That's a great joke. Grave how many thousands of dollars did that yeah, did that know. degree of crying cost it's you? It's so great. You Just to like, make you cry a little more on the podcast. <laughs> right, right. Don't you it's feel coming, like guys. your kids are probably better at crying than you are though? Like oh, you spend all tell that you, money. They are better at crying than me. <laughs> they know how to yeah, they're they're loud. Um yeah, so my <laughs> So my um, my education is that I um, I got my grad degree in at the Institute for Spiritual Formation at Biola, um, which you know it's been helpful. It's probably been more helpful to me than it even is as a pastor to others. Mm. <laughs> um, it's it was more like prescriptive to me, you know, than it was a, as like a training so that I would be so great for everyone else. Um, though I think it has helped in my pastoring. But that being said, I, like. It's, it's basically a program where um, we answer um, the question, if, I, you know, if I've been a Christian for X amount of time, why do I feel like I'm not where I should be? 
I've been a Christian for, you know, now, gosh, like 30 years. Why do I feel like I'm, I'm not like a 30 year Christian? Why do I feel like I'm like still like maybe 12 <laughs> in my, in my faith, you know, like, what is that? What is that gap there? And I think, uh, spiritual formation is, is trying to answer that question and trying to help us understand how to move forward with the Lord and understand our progress in sanctification. And what are some of those ways? Um, I think it all has to do with, uh, it all has to do with God. It all has to do with him in the sense that, um, there is, there is nothing I can do to change myself. There's nothing I can do to define myself. There's no label that I can put on myself. There's nothing I can earn um, to, to make myself more of a Christian or get myself closer to God. The, the, the urge to be close to God from, from Scripture is always this thing of, I can't do it. <laughs> I actually can't make myself closer to God. There's actually nothing I can do in my own flesh to, to gain Jesus. Um, it's all him. It's all on him. It's all, all of the gaining of Christ. It's all on him to impart himself, his spirit to impart himself on me. And it's for me to do nothing but open myself daily and regularly, um, to him, to the work he's already doing in me. Um, and so I think that's where spiritual disciplines, where we get spiritual disciplines wrong. We start to think that spiritual disciplines are these these acts that we're doing to like one up. You know, it's mm. like if I if I keep doing these spiritual disciplines, I'm going to level up. And it's actually not about leveling up. It's actually all about setting the table for God. It's all about saying, Lord, I'm doing this discipline because maybe just maybe, Lord, I might position myself in a way where I can get out of my own self's way so that you can do work in me so that I can get a glimpse of you so that I can see what you're doing in me. And you can define me. You can define who I am. I, I can get get away from all the, the titles and the junk of my daily life. And I can actually see, God, who you've called me to be. You've made me in your image. You call me your son um, or your daughter and, uh, and, and that. So I, I guess... I don't know. I don't have like a, an exact, I know that's, that was roundabout. I don't have like great. an exact answer for you as to how do we answer that question? I think we answer that question by asking the Lord, Lord, why am I where I'm at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or Lord, what are you doing in me? That I think that's, and I know it sounds simple, but it's, it's trying to find disciplines that can help us do life with God to answer those questions. Yeah. And you mentioned the word discipline several times. And so I just want to Let's be clear. What are spiritual disciplines? Good what, what do we mean by that? Fasting. Fasting. Prayer. prayer. There's two. Study. Study. Silence and solitude. Fasting. Celebration yeah. would be some of the examples. And I, I, I've kind of switched over, uh, and I think I grabbed this obviously from another pastor, another place that's kind of heavy into these things. But, um, And even some of, I think, Sean and I were having a conversation one time about uh, spiritual formation and really what what I think Michael's talking about of like our job in setting the table for God to do the work that he wants to do deep within us to form the character of Christ in us. That's the mm. spiritual formation side. At least that's the language I would put around it of how do we get formed into more and more into the image of Christ. Um, I've like just this language of these, we're talking about the practices of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not something right. 
you know, uh, exported on top of the text. It's something that's bubbled up out of the text yeah. of Scripture and out of the life of Jesus himself. Yeah. Um, and so those are the things that, you know, that, that are kind of mined from Scripture. Um, so I think that's important to, to speak about. You know, they're yeah. also often called like a means of grace. People will use that language. Um, just recognizing, again, it's a tool in a tool belt of as you step in, you're opening up your heart and life and mind to the gracious work of God. I think the number one thing I hear about spiritual discipline, spiritual formations is that it's not formed from scripture. These are things that we, and I, I have a couple verses here, Luke 5, Mark 1, Luke 9, Matthew 6, Hebrews 4, 1 John 5, among dozens of others that just say, as Christians, we ought to cultivate a life that looks like the life of Christ. Yep. And I think that is like, that, that is it, what we're getting at, you know, and yep. it, th- those are, those are good things to try to do. Um, and so Michael, what has your journey been like? Like, and I know I didn't ask, didn't put this on the, like the outline, but like, I think uh, as a pastor or, you know, I think Garrick and Sean can resonate with this, like going to seminary sometimes kind of like sterilizes your faith a little bit. <laughs> Because, yeah. like, you're learning the Greek and you're learning the Hebrew and you're, like, in commentaries and the Bible becomes a textbook, like, literally. How does going to ISF or spending time studying spiritual disciplines and spirit, spiritual formation, like, what does that do to your spiritual walk? Yeah, so one thing that, that um, our professors used to talk a lot about in, in college was that how many pastors have graduated with their MDiv or their DMIN or whatever and, and yet feel more distant from God when they graduate than they did before they started their grad work and how that's that's like a they get those stories all the time just pastors who flame out five years down the line you know people who are just struggling to find Jesus in the text because it's Mm. become a textbook for them um and it's become a, a work tool the bible has become a work tool for them um and and so what the, the efforts of the, my program that I was going through was, is how do we study scripture? How do we study theology? How do we study hermeneutics? And all of the things that any other, you know, pastoral candidate would study, but do so um, constantly recognizing how we're being formed by these things and not just learning them in a, kind of our rote memory. And so for me, um, going through the program was a lot of it was a lot of prayer, you know? And when I say prayer, I think I actually need to clarify that because I think the way we think about prayer is like me talking to God. You know, it's me sitting alone in a quiet room or with a friend or in a group of people in my life group and talking to God. And I think I I actually would say, um, you know, Thomas Merton talks a lot about a lifestyle of prayer, um, Mm. uh, kind of walking with God in prayer always. And, so to me, when I say prayer, I'm actually not talking, to, I'm not like excluding scripture from that. A lot of my, my training in spiritual formation was sit, sit, and li- sit and read this scripture and sit with it for a while. Instead of just reading it for the, con- for the content in my brain, how do I actually read it and take it from my brain and make the you know, foot leap down to my heart? Like, how do I do that? Because that, and that was a lot of my, my, my training. So I guess I just wanna, I wanna clarify for anyone who's listening, when I say contemplative prayer is how I connect with God, that's not saying I don't sit in scripture. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it. Yeah. That's one of the disciplines. Yeah. And I think one of the most powerful and profound things that gets missed is how much of that is listening. Mm. How much of that is sitting and listening to both 
the text as it's in front of you, as Sean opened us up with, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, you know, our hearts, our very souls, judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart and mind. Um, and so it's really, really sharp. Um, but oftentimes, instead of just trying to extract information from it, how much do we let it sit upon us and shape us? And then listening for the interaction of the Word and the Spirit working together to bring that truth out and then think about how that is applying to your life. Um, I think that's one of the, the greatest um, struggles of, of church and teaching prayer in church that, that gets missed. And as I listened to you, I just wanted to highlight that, that sitting with the text in that manner and sitting with God in silence and solitude so that we can learn how to listen, I think is one of the most significant um, needs Mm -hmm. and challenges for us as ministers and also for congregants and for people following Christ uh, because our lives are so fast and so loud. So I I just want to highlight that because when you say prayer, there's an aspect there where you really mean like I'm quieting myself and I'm listening. And it might be scripture and it might be sitting and listening it like literally in silence, or it might be going through some kind of rote prayer that I, that, you know, I got from some ancient dude. Like (laughs) it it could be, there's a lot of different ways that that can form itself. And, and there's, I think what's great about that is like we said earlier, depending on who you are, one of those ways might work for you and other ways might not. What's really cool about this conversation is that like Garrick and Michael have just kind of like taken the things that we had shared about in the beginning, like prayer and reading and kind of given them like that spiritual backbone and kind of given some depth to that. So I think if you're listening to this, you're probably really encouraged. Like what I do in the morning, you know, before I go face the world, it's like deeply spiritual or like when you go on that walk and like pray, that is like a deeply spiritual thing you're doing. Um, and I just think that's really, really important to encourage people to keep doing. And so a, a couple more questions, just kind of more on the practical end. What have been some strategies for you in the things that you like to do to connect to the Lord? H- how have you been able to have success in these things? Like, what are some practical things you do? Like, for me, I know following a Bible reading plan is is very, very helpful for me. Knowing I can check a box saying I read that and... Um, I'm going through the Gospels, or I'm going through the Epistles, or I'm going through Genesis. Like, to know that I have something that, like, is connecting me to what I'm doing, that's very, very, very helpful. So what have been some strategies for y'all in the things that um, you like to do to connect to the Lord? Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like there was a season in my life where I needed to have some, like, a accountability almost. Um, and so I actually had, like, an auto-ship like devotional that was like it 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 came every two weeks okay I didn't know what you meant yeah no it was yeah, it was on auto <laughs> ship so it was like it it arrived at my doorstep and if I didn't if I lagged behind if I was behind I like the boxes felt just it. started stacking yeah up. I felt it where I was like oh my gosh I have two full devotionals that I never got to or wow. I was behind or whatever and so that actually for me as somebody I'm pretty driven um and task oriented a lot and so that ended up being helpful in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then the other one is um, I'm not a morning person. I'm just not. <laughs> but I like staying up late. Um, so I think for me is if you are not a wake up at 5 a.m. and do your quiet time with the Lord at 5 a.m., like that's okay. Find the time that works best for you. Um, and, I mean, obviously if, if 5 a.m. is the only time that you have all day like that's why it's called a discipline but Mm. um i do think that not all of us are wired the same way so um 
I do some of my best time with the Lord at night. Nice. So I like that. That's very counterintuitive for, I think, our evangelical Christian culture. Yeah. Wake up more in the morning, pour the cup of coffee, you know, sit with. That's what I do. But I liked hearing you say that you do better at night. I'm asleep by the time you like open your Bible. Like you're like, oh, time to do a quiet time. I've been asleep for six hours already. I just feel like it. I have good dreams that way, you know? <laughs> but that's one of those strange things where I, I think Christianity takes a pretty strong position that the right way to do it is soon as you wake up. Right. So that you can be grounded for the day. Yeah. It's a funny thing to be so firm on, but you'll hear that all the time. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. There's benefit to it without oh, a doubt, sure. but it's, it's my rebellion. <laughs> yeah, was, I'm sure there's benefit to it, but to be so firm that that's the only way. Right. I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. Yeah, but what about you, Sean? What are some strategies? Uh, I simply, uh, I constantly change the time and the place um, mm. to continually mm. focus. Um, so during most of the pandemic, it was as uh, soon as I woke up, I'd grab my iPad and I'd read in bed my Bible on the iPad and uh, Linda would sleep on. Um, once we were back in the office, it was then doing it kind of back within the structure of the office and having a quiet place there. Um, frequently, um, I will take off um, from the office and go find a room at the church and do it there in the church. So I could be in a different physical location so I could focus that way. So I'm always changing time and location to kind of keep myself sharp. Even though the content looks the same, uh, I move the time and location to keep it myself a little bit more on point. Some real wisdom there because mm-hmm. quiet times can be boring. Yeah, or you just get too familiar with it, right? Yeah. And it just it becomes formulaic, and then you you bring less attention to it. Yeah. So that That's just great. keeps me focused. Love that. What about you, Garrick? Um, two things have been really helpful for me. Uh, one is reading with purpose. Hmm. So it's it's kind of repeating where you began with yours, Hunter, of um, reading, looking for something. Mm-hmm. Like here's an example. I read through all of the Gospels, looking for when do I see an example of the Holy Spirit? When is the Holy Spirit mentioned? Um, what is an, you know, what's the manifestation of the Spirit? And to read through all four Gospels and then just to kind of highlight, circle, make notes wherever that happens. Um, that would be an example of like not just reading or right. listening, but, but doing so with intention, um, I think helps you be engaged and, and uh, you just get more from it. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one I did was taking a look at Jesus teaching in parables. Like, did, hmm. you know, what? That's cool. Wh- why does he do that? Well, in three of the Gospels, he begins to teach in parables right after uh, the religious leaders uh, look at what he's doing and they attribute his power to uh, Satan and not to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's right after that in three of the four Gospels that he's like, I'm going to teach you in parables. <laughs> um, and I think it's for their own good because they've already made up their mind about Jesus. And so the way to then teach is to kind of get underneath it. Um, so that would be an example. Yeah. Um, what's been also really helpful for me is kind of the rhythm of, as I've said before, I, I walk and I pray and I get out kind of all of my prayers first. Like everything that's sitting on my heart, everything I want to see happen, people that are sick, things that I'm praying over, praying for. And then as I'm walking the neighborhood, I spend some time praying just for God to bless the neighborhood and be at work, open doors, open hearts. And then the last section of that walk is always listening. And I think just having that consistent rhythm, but knowing that the time period in that rhythm of getting out all of my prayer requests, caring about trying to get outside of my own life and starting to look, you know, missionally, and then having that piece where I'm like what what, uh, Michael brought in in his prayer life of just always having time to then listen, Mm -hmm. right? That's been really helpful to me. 
Can I riff on that really quick? Yeah. Uh, just one other thought, too. Because um, those are all really good. It kind of reminded me of something that I started doing with my, my buddy Scott uh, a few years ago, where we asked ourselves, like, if you could be an expert in three books of the Bible, what would those books be? Mm. And uh, it was just a fun game to play, right? Like, oh, man, which books? And then I realized, wait, that's, that's actually something I can do. And so uh, that's been something I've done over time is try to focus on three books I go, I'm going to come back to again and again and again as a way of being incredibly sharp there. It's hard to be, know the whole Bible, but I, I thought there are books that I can be especially focused in and, and knowledgeable about. So yeah. what, are that's they? what are those three books? Yeah, I want to know. Because yeah. I, I feel like I should go for... A, <laughs> if we each take three different books, yeah. we'd be a pretty balanced church. <laughs> There's really four that I spent most of my time in. It's Genesis, it's John... Romans and it's James. Okay. Nothing from the Apocrypha? <laughs> and Tobit. <laughs> and Tobit. Tobit. Tobit, too. I like Bell and the Dragon. But those four, I think last year, my goal was with Romans was I wanted to be able to say, like, what each chapter. Like, so here's the thing about Garrick Garrick is better at, like, verse addresses than anybody I know. So, like, if I've mentioned a verse, he'll be like, oh, that's in, like, 1 John 2 10. Like, it's unbelievable how much you could do that. I'm so terrible. If you put numbers in anything, I'm going to be terrible at it. <laughs> so what I'm trying to do is be able, chapter by chapter, be able to say, well, that chapter is about this, that mm-hmm. chapter is about that, and it just helps me focus. So. Were you ever tempted to pick four really short books? All <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you picked, you picked uh, like, the longest gospel, like one John. of the longest Old Testament yeah. books in Genesis. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> well, part of it. Because like, those are hard books. I want to understand Theologically dense them. Romans. And, James, yeah. and James, James is just so practical. Yeah. Yeah. Practical. yeah. That's really good to know. I think that's really good advice. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Some strategies? Um, for me, uh, I think a strategy that I, 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 um, I did a long time ago is, is just I wrote out kind of a rule of life for myself. Oh, yeah. Um, what, that, what that is is just kind of like what do I do every day that I can, I can find spiritual connection with the Lord in? Um, and so small things like every time I take a shower, um, while I'm showering, I spend time to talk to God. It's just like that shower time is a, is like a connecting moment with God. Um, every time I brush my teeth (laughs) while I'm brushing, I talk to God about where I'm at and what's going on in my heart. Um, things like that. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I think like, I think, I don't know. I, I think speaking to what you said, Sean, about just this kind of overarching Christian thought that you have to do your quiet time with God in the morning and then you're like good for the day. Yeah. I do think that works well for a lot of people. I think getting up in the morning, first thing you do is talk to God can be like a, a good like bouncing off point. Um, but gosh, like all the ancient Christians connected with God in the morning and then they connected with God in the mid morning mm-hmm. and they connected with God at lunch and then mid afternoon and then late afternoon. And then again at probably midnight. So, so like, I just, I think, um, that's not to put shame or guilt on us. That's just to say, I actually wonder what it looks like to walk with God all the time. Um, and, and no one's going to do that perfectly, but what does it look like to any moment you're feeling anything particular instead of going to, your friend or into your own introspection and wondering about anything, what does it actually look like to bring whatever the current event is, whether it's happiness, joy, pain, and say, hey, God, here's how I'm feeling right now. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it for the next 15 seconds to 20 seconds or maybe two minutes or maybe an hour, however long it takes. Mm -hmm. But developing that muscle feels important. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, 
to not just have your time with God in the morning. I just think that's a big deal. Yeah. I'm not saying morning's bad, but not saying morning's bad. Um, and so for me, like, I think some of that has been, um, what are called breath prayers, um, in the, in the ancient church. And these are just like small little prayers. You can develop them yourself or you, there's, you can look them, look up prayers by some of the ancients, um, about kind of that they've used throughout the years, but just like, um, you know, Jesus Christ, son of God, savior, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you just mm-hmm. have that that prayer that you can pray throughout your day as you're going, as you know, as things are going on. Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you just say that over and over throughout your day. That's often what I'm finding myself in prayer doing, just inviting God into the into the mundane, into the average. And that's my, that's my goal. I suck at it. <laughs> I think I think we need to hear that. Like, yeah, I, I've said a lot about all these great strategies of spiritual formation, and you know. Like I'm a wizard in, <laughs> or something. In, I'm like I'm a, I'm a wizard, Harry. You know, nice, I'm nice. the wizard, but I'm I'm not. Um, I'm still very much struggling to find good good rhythms. Yeah, with, with the Lord, um, I'm not the Dumbledore yet. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, all the way. Yeah, but one thing I will say, one thing I will say is, um, this is one I just think is huge. Is is a if you're struggling. To, to do these things and walk with God. If you're struggling to see him and find him, I think the first uh, the first thing I would say to anyone is, do you have someone in your life that you're walking with in these things? We often try to tackle our walk with God alone. Yeah. Well, is there anyone that you're walking with? And so for me, it looks like monthly spiritual direction with a spiritual director. If you wonder what that is, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I um, We have actually friends of ours that are spiritual directors. We would love to connect you with somebody. But just it's, you know, I have somebody that I trust that I walk with and with in spiritual friendship that I that I meet with once a month and we talk about Jesus nice. <laughs> and we talk about what Jesus is doing in my life. And when I can't find Jesus, I tell him I don't know where Jesus is at right now. I don't know what he's doing in me. And we talk about it and we pray about it. And he often encourages me in ways that are clearly from the spirit. So I I think that's one. And then two would be consider retreat. I'm um, wow. considering retreat. Mm. Con- cons- mm-hmm. Jesus did it and he did it a lot um, to go. He went away to be with, with his father often. And so um, I just think finding ways to go, not just on vacation, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to find intentional retreat. And I'll just say that we also know a really great retreat center, <laughs> all of us yeah, that we, we could send you to um, that um, one of our good friends is now running. So that being said, um, if anyone has questions about that, come ask, but ask Michael. Yeah. Well, guys, really, really good conversation today. Thank you so much for bearing your soul, telling us about how you connect with the Lord. A lot of good stuff here. And, um, man, if you listen to this and you're not encouraged and you don't want to go off into nature and retreat and open your Bible, man, I, I, I just hope you do. I hope you want to do that. So thanks everybody for jumping on the pod. It was not chaotic with everybody. <laughs> we should do this more we often. Did it. Very gentle and very calm. Very gentle and calm. I know. A lot more very Harry serene. A lot more Harry Potter references than I think <laughs> I was expecting, but it's all good. It's all good. Maybe well thanks. I need to just go touch the grass, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go touch the grass and we will see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>